As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Athletic. It's straight out of Cobham, a show about Chelsea FC from The Athletic. Coming up, Chelsea come within minutes of Etihad upset. A point's a great result, but should it have been three? No such luck for the women's team, though, as their long unbeaten home run is over. Available for free wherever you get your podcasts and ad-free on The Athletic, this is Straight Out of Cobham. And well, that was a, a pretty successful trip to Manchester, all told, listener, unless you actually went and had to try and get back again. Uh, hopefully you managed to do that by now. It's Monday morning as we record. It's me, Matt. I'm here with two of the Athletics' finest. Hi, Simon Johnson. Hello. And Dom Fifield's back with us too. How are you doing, Dom? I'm fine, thanks, Matt. How are you? All right, yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Good weekend in the world of the Barclays for me. Uh, premature adjudications time. Simon, what have you got for me? Is De Sassi turning into Tony Rudiger? <laughs> yeah, certainly felt the same energy, didn't it, with all those celebrations. Um, mine, I'm going to say, maybe we do miss Sam Kerr after all. That's going to be mine. Um, it's not exactly a hot take, is it? But it's certainly a pertinent one. Uh, Dom, I've sprung this upon you, so I'm excited to hear what you've got. I'll veer into the slightly weird territory of Manchester City. That was the first time this season that I've thought to myself Manchester City will not win the Premier League this season alright who's going to win it then if they don't uh, Chelsea's opponents this weekend alright rather feel like the extent of uh, Diogo Jota's injury might play quite a significant part of that we shall see certainly looks like he's a doubt for the cup final maybe Nunez maybe Curtis Jones maybe Trent too it's all looking good as we build up to Wembley and Chelsea prepared for that game in the best possible way almost We'll look back on events at the Etihad next. Jackson with the layoff to Palmer. And Palmer sets Nicholas Jackson away. It's Sterling he's aimed for. It's Sterling he's found. And Raheem Sterling finds the net! 
season against Manchester City. It's all the way through to Carl Walker this time. And now Rodri! Rodri it is who slams it home. And Manchester City alive in this game again. I think today, again, I think for me the best team on the world uh, and showed this type of performance I've seen, we need to feel very proud. The, I congratulate to the player on the end of the, of the game because I've seen we were so brave and always singing and trying to win the game. So it's Manchester City 1, Chelsea 1. Saturday tea time in a rain-sodden Manchester then. The Blues ahead just before half-time through Raheem Sterling. They could have extended their lead, but City will feel they were worth a point. Uh, Lucy's mum and dad and Liam were all on hand. Out of those three... Guess who sent us a voice note? The answer might surprise you. I'm not sure if they've got a train to take home, but the Chelsea fans who are here at the Etihad have a big reason to celebrate. It's not quite as good as it looked like it could be with about 20, 25 minutes to go in this game, but Chelsea have got a massive draw at the Etihad, a place where they've known only misery for pretty much three years they were under siege here for long spells but Mauricio Pochettino got his game plan spot on and Chelsea executed it to the letter from back to front they competed against City they were brave when they had the opportunity to be brave and they actually created the clearer chances for 60-70 minutes until their legs ran out they were the more dangerous team despite the incredible firepower that Manchester City had in that starting 11, despite Erling Haaland cannoning away with that giant head of his. Chelsea not only survived, but they really went toe-to-toe with City whenever they could. They rode their luck at times, of course, but you have to say they deserved to take the lead when they did, when Raheem Sterling curled the ball just inside the far post past Edison. What was Carl Walker thinking, by the way? How many years have you trained with... Raheem Sterling you know he doesn't want to cut inside in that situation don't you but Sterling seemed to have the measure of Walker at Stamford Bridge three months ago and he did again and the other City old boy had a brilliant game as well Cole Palmer so so good his passes carved open Guardiola's high line time and time again all of Chelsea's most dangerous attacks came through him there was a cheeky little nutmeg of Julian Alvarez as well Chelsea players are going over now to their away fans, led by Axel Dezassi, who was absolutely immense. I lost track of how many times he headed really dangerous crosses out of the box. He battled Haaland all day. Levi Colwell was excellent and didn't deserve to get penalised with a possible, would have been a very soft handball call with VAR in the final seconds. But Chelsea ran around and made it really, really difficult for City. They were disciplined, they were combative, and when their legs ran out, they ran some more. I think you could see Chelsea's level dropped off when the substitutes came on. Christopher and Kunku in particular did not look up to the intensity of the game and became a bit of a passenger immediately. But the work of Chelsea starting 11, their front three, how have I got this far into the voice note without mentioning Nicholas Jackson? Absolutely brilliant. I know he missed one, big chance but his link-up play his layoffs were absolutely sensational and laid the foundation for everything Chelsea did going forward just a really good performance 
the, exactly the type of performance Pochettino would have been looking for leading into the Carabao Cup final next weekend. I thought before the game it wasn't about if Chelsea lost, it was about how they lost. I was far too pessimistic. They matched City in many ways today in much the same way that they did at Stamford Bridge. It wasn't as chaotic a game as that. It's still a really good game to watch. And they've got something real to take back with them to London now. If the fans can find their way back. And the answer didn't surprise you. Did it? Uh, we got lots of tweets on the game. Michael said that was really good for where we are. That was mature and the players seem proud of defending. Lost count of the times Dizazi was celebrating a tackle or clearances. That's great to see. Better finishing Costas, but fairness, same for City too. Great point. Andrew, we're a really good side when teams give us space to run into as we saw in the first half. Second half, all about resilience and character. And Tim Rice, I assume not that one, asks, can the pod explain the near miraculous upturn in Chelsea's performance in the past two weeks? How can that hapless show v Wolves be transformed into the comprehensive win at Villa and the gutsy, skillful, deserved point at the Etihad? Baffling. Uh, it is a, a pertinent question, Simon, isn't it? Because uh, before kickoff in this game, I was wondering, are we going to get Villa away or are we going to get Liverpool away? And, and it was a very, very sort of stoic, measured, as Liam said, tactically spot on performance for the most part. Where's this come from? Well, I think um, I think you have to put it into context of the two previous results away from home. I think that's definitely generated some confidence and self-belief, which helped two different kind of performances. The Aston Villa game where they were really good throughout the 90 minutes. The Crystal Palace game where they were terrible for 45 minutes, but came from behind a rare achievement this season. So they actually did have some kind of mini momentum away from home sort of by their low standards that they've set and they've they've seemed to have found something a team spirit that has been lacking for most of the season now Pochettino brought his players together ahead of that Aston Villa game although he continues to have meetings but it does seem to be that they've they've found something they found a bond they found a, a unity that we it's been sorely lacking, especially away from home in adversity. Of course, Pochettino's also come up with a with a with a game plan or, or has certainly ironed out some of the kinks of that game plan. But it's very encouraging and and look, we, we don't know if it's gonna be enough to beat Liverpool on Sunday. It's still a really, really difficult task. But again, they're carrying some sort of belief into that game, a lot more than just a couple of weeks ago after that Wolves debacle. Uh, in terms of the team that took to the field, Dom, we saw a couple of changes with Raheem Sterling coming in for Nani Madweke, which I think we predicted based on Madweke's struggles at, at Selhurst Park last week, and Levi Colwell for the injured Thiago Silva. Few people, Christian and Mr Plough amongst them, suggesting that the result wouldn't have been the same with Thiago Silva. You certainly would think that he'll struggle to get back in now, presumably, because Azzi and Colwell will be the preferred pairing going forward, would you think? Well, I think everything that we saw at the Etihad would suggest that it's the case. Although I suppose we should also <laughs> put Benoit Badiashili in there as well as a as a possibility once he's recovered from the groin problem. I think he picked up a bit later on at Villa Park because he was excellent in that game. But we're talking about a combination of young centre halves, basically, um, and you know the benefits of that their energy, their pace brings to the Pochettino system 
they also brought a lot of maturity at the Etihad. I thought they, they, you know, belied their years. I thought, considering you know, this is Cole's second season at this level, effectively, and and Dizazi's first in the Premier League. I, I loved the celebrations, as your previous correspondent mentioned. I thought that was that was brilliant throughout, and Dizazi sort of set the tone for that with some of the. You know the thumping of the earth and the punching of the air, and, and when, when he when he made that interception, that 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 leap to to flick the the cross just beyond the far post when Erling Harlem was was waiting to, to just to prod it in, you know, towards the end of the first half, just summed it up. That reaction, it was it was that, that ecstasy. It's brilliant, and it's great to see defenders doing that. Colwell was more understated, but then later on in the game, as it was getting tenser, he he too was getting involved in all that. And I thought, yeah, they were outstanding. They were absolutely brilliant. They were they were brilliant as part of a very coherent and effective tactical plan that was drawn up by Pochettino to nullify Manchester City and make life difficult for them. And their contributions, well, they stood out. They they marked them out as as exceptional. Silver's groin problem, which he picked up at, at Crystal Palace, may prove to be a blessing in disguise. Like Pochettino had a very difficult scenario on his hands what with bell silver and 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 the the tweet you know how to manage that situation any decision about leaving silver out the team would have had a bell silver tweet twist to it now whenever he's fit and of course Pochettino's pre-match press conference sort of didn't really give any reassuring messages on that front regarding the league cup final he said he said it'd have to be assessed this week and taken on a day-to-day basis but that performance by those two and, and as a unit has sort of taken some of that pressure to bring Silver back as a player off his shoulders because he can perfectly justify the decision now by saying, well, look at how DeSassi and Cole will play together against arguably the best striker in the world, although the best striker in the world didn't look like it on uh, on Saturday. So let's see. I mean, Liam, Liam and I had a discussion about Tiago Silva, a few months ago, we did a discussion piece and Liam was very much arguing for the young centre-back combo to uh, to be phased in and Silva to be phased out. I, I argued otherwise because I wasn't sure about how players would be able to cope without him. But De Sassi has stepped up a, a whole nother level since I made that point and, and now I'm a little bit more relaxed about uh, famous last words. This, I'm a little bit more relaxed about Silva not being there. But whatever happens, we, we are seeing the last few months of Silva's Chelsea career, I'm pretty sure of that. Tazazi's had an incredible season, first season in English football, considering everything that's that's been happening at Chelsea and the and the relative relative not turmoil, but you know, the constant sort of intrigue around that the, the team and the and and the, the transition and, and adaptations under Pochettino with the new players. But I mean he He's played the most minutes now, hasn't he? Of, of all of Chelsea's outfield players, and that is—I think—that's an astonishing achievement for a, a, a young fella that's brought in. We didn't really know whether he was going to be a first choice, even if, if Badia Chiel had hadn't picked up the, the bad hamstring injury towards the end of last year. Then you know maybe he would have started as the first choice as somebody that we knew about. But really, from the first moment and from scoring that goal against Liverpool on the opening weekend, he's revelatory. He's probably going a bit too far, but. He's looked a French international. He's look. He looks. He looks that's good. And maybe his 
the consistency of his own performance has sort of gone under the radar a bit because we've been obsessing about the inconsistency of the team as a whole. But uh, he's actually covered himself in glory. I think he's done really, really well for a first year at this level in this division. Yeah, and he seems to be improving as the season's going on, which um, maybe answers a question about whether Maurizio Pochettino is improving players as well. Um, another French international, Simon, he looks every inch the French international, is Malo Gusto. You, you made the point last week that, that maybe Chelsea would entertain offers for Rhys James now, given Gusto's recent form. It was always going to be one of the key battles, wasn't it, him against Jeremy Doku, just as it was for, for James against Doku in, in the reverse. But it was a one-sided contest. Gusto was excellent again. I'm such a tease, aren't I? You know? <laughs> and I had to laugh as well when, within a few days of the pod and that piece on, on Gusto. I'm then told, not that I think this will happen, by the way, but I'm then told that Reese James is targeting a return to first team training within a month. It's almost, I'm not giving myself any credit here. I'm not imagining Reese James reading my copy and going, well, I'll show him. But it did feel a bit that way. <laughs> um I think Chelsea may have other ideas, but I think it, it goes to show that Reese is desperate to get back in. He's probably watching Malo Gusto and thinking, right, I've got a real, real challenge on my hand as Chelsea captain to get back in the team. But it was a getting back to your Saturday and, and the context of your question. It was a fascinating battle. Absolutely fascinating. Because Doki did give Gusto a real, real challenge too. I think, especially in the second half, Doki really raised his game and was part of the the momentum of the game sort of swinging um, more forcibly in Man City's direction. But he really he really um, stuck to his task and did well. And I think the only thing I'd criticise him for, and I know people sided more and aimed their ire at Nicholas Jackson more, but if he'd done the cross that Nicholas Jackson did for Sterling, a first-time ball across then I think Jackson would have had more time to pick his spot. He still may have missed because it's Nicholas Jackson, but I just think the man of the cross, it was slightly behind Jackson and it gave Edison a lot more time to close Jackson down. It's a really small thing to criticise him for, but I did feel that Gusto could, could claim an assist for how that chance wasn't uh, scored. But overall, no, another great display and... Yeah, I think um, the problem position of of what what to do without Reese James, uh, whether he's injured or not at the club anymore. Again, we're getting some reassuring answers from one of undoubtedly the owners' best buys since they took over. Yeah, all of a sudden it looks like there's been a few decent buys. Actually, um, we'll talk about Maurizio Pochettino and the game plan as a whole in a minute. Somebody who wasn't a decent buy because he didn't need to be Dom. It's time for your weekly Conor Gallagher question quote of the season I think came after the Crystal Palace game when it, when he was asked about running 13 kilometres in that game and he simply said that's far isn't it yeah <laughs> it is quite far I think he did pretty much the same at the Etihad on Saturday um, I put a tweet out saying this is a, a good game to show people who don't really get Conor Gallagher to which I got some replies of saying oh this is Chelsea being a small team basically trying to contain it but yeah I mean, literally the best team in the world they were playing against. But um, yeah, I'm just giving you the, the chance to wax some more lyrical about Gallagher if you if you feel that he deserved that based on Saturday's performance. I'm not sure he did anything that we, we don't expect of him now. Stopping Rodri is quite difficult, right? He's he's pretty good. Yeah, but that the energy on that was was key in the way that he shadowed him and and, and blocked the passes into into Rodri was key 
to what Chelsea were doing. But but Pochettino, like Patrick Vieira, I guess, I suppose you'd have to use as as the previous example, recognises the energy and 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 dynamism that Gallagher brings, and it's not always just in in attacking areas. It's it's part of a defensive unit as well. That becomes key. That effervescence, that energy, that the levels that never subside. He just keeps going, and he. I mean, naturally, he he doesn't. Annoyingly, he doesn't even look that shattered at the end of a game. I don't think anymore. He looks. He's. He's. He just. He just runs forever for you. The small club mentality thing is annoying. This is, as you say, this is Manchester City they're playing at the Etihad. I mean, good grief. Just have a little reality check as to where Chelsea are and where every team that really goes to the Etihad is. I mean, are we saying that that Arsenal or Liverpool wouldn't employ similar sort of tactics when they go there? It's, please, just let's just snap out of that. Um, it's... I just think the way that they approached it was was superb. It was always going to be difficult, and you know they still ended up City allowing thirty one shots or whatever it was over the course of the of the game. But but I just thought Chelsea's general approach. Not many teams have opened up City in the way that Chelsea did. In the I think they had more shots on target than City, for example, in the match six to compared to five. Um, and when you look at the sort of the, the Raheem Sterling chance in the second half, close range, great save from Edison. The Nicholas Jackson chance. These are really, really good opportunities. And actually, I mean, my only consolation over a bruising 10 days of having the Mickey taken out of me by members of this podcast <laughs> for Gallagher's performance at Sellers Park is that after City equalised on, on Sunday, the last team to prevent City scoring at the Etihad remains a Conor Gallagher inspired Crystal Palace under Patrick Vieira back in when it was 2021. Towards the end of 2021, I mean, in a 2-0 win, and he and he he was excellent that day as well. And he's done it before. He's 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 some player. And, and to follow Don's rant and, and rightful rant about playing like a small team, people wearing rose-tinted spectacles about how Chelsea played at City in the past. Even the the memorable three-one win under Antonio Conte, Chelsea were battered for about an hour until a. A sublime Fabregas to Costa pass changed the momentum of that game. Yeah, I, I just, I just sort of think people sort of almost think back to the Chelsea glory era, which was amazing, and think Chelsea went everywhere and just battered teams. There were many times they set up in this very similar fashion to to how they played on on Saturday. And and the other point I wanted to make about the sort of the stats, which now look incredibly skewed towards Manchester City, you know, if you look at the shots and, and the, the possession, etc. A lot of that obviously came in the last 20 minutes when, when Chelsea's legs really started to, they started to feel the pace uh, of sort of being up against this ridiculous Man City side. But also that there isn't a stat that, for example, Sky included, which shows really promising great situations where the final ball or whatever was lacking I don't know how you could summarise that like in, a, in, a, in a really small way. Nearly moments. Yeah, there were so many of those that Chelsea didn't take advantage of. I mean, off the top of my head, a Ben Chilwell pitching wedge over the top for Raheem Sterling. That doesn't show up on a stat, but that was a pretty simple pass for a pro player to make. And for some reason, Chilwell didn't pull it off and... Like who knows if Sterling would have gone on to score, given 
he looked pretty nervous with the first couple of chances he had. And this was before he'd scored. But again, I, I just think sometimes not that the basic data doesn't always reflect the other parts of the game where, where Chelsea made some uh, good passing movements, but just the final ball was lacking. Now let's get on to the gaffer then. Liam said in his voice note that Maurizio Pochettino got his game plan spot on. Uh, a couple of people maybe disagreeing in terms of the match management. Matt Carter says, Chelsea still had the chance to score before taking off Palmer and Sterling. What was the rationale for changing shape and basically conceding possession to City? Mark added, I think we went a little too defensive too early in the second half, needed to ease the pressure on the back with a little more possession. And Alistair wondering if Poch called for a treat too early in the second half. Simon, you're, you're shaking your head. I mean, my answer to that would be, given the way the game was going, Manchester City were going to score anyway, regardless of what happened at, at some point. But it was it was Chalaba coming on and, and going to a back five. To me, it kind of made sense. I, I guess it's just, you know, it's much easier with hindsight to say, well, maybe they should have left the attackers on and they'd have scored another goal. Yeah, and I think that's exactly what's happened here. With I've seen the flood of criticism and Pochettino being blamed for Chelsea not winning that game, which is ridiculous because I don't think people remember the flow of the game when he made the substitutions. You could see that the players were flagging. For example, Raheem Sterling, there was no help for Ben Chilwell, for example, on the left-hand side. It, it, it just, his legs had gone, from what I could tell. And Palmer had also, yes, you'd, you'd sort of, you'd love Cole Palmer in for that, perhaps that one flash where Chelsea get on the ball and perhaps he might be able to do a, a bit of skill like he showed on Bernardo Silva, which led to the, the the Sterling chance in the second half. But he had also become on the periphery and you don't want Cole Palmer in a defensive side of the game because basically he doesn't really have one. <laughs> so so I got it. I absolutely got it. And and also the people complaining sort of seem to forget that Nkunku was brought on and Nkunku was actually part of the problem. Like, at the time, you thought, great attacking substitution, this Nkunku. But he was way off. His first touch basically led to a, to a Manchester City chance. So you've got to have some sympathy for Pochettino there. He made a very bold sub bringing on Nkunku, moving Jackson to the left. And it just didn't work because Nkunku wasn't anywhere near sharp enough for a game of that magnitude. Yeah, and you know, also if you bring in on Mikhailo Mudrik, as, as some people suggested, you ain't getting much defensive work out of him. Certainly less than you'd get out of Cole Palmer, um, I should think. I, I wanted to to raise Nkunku before we uh, move on from this game, Dom, because he did look sort of lost, didn't he? And like this game was going too quickly for him and he didn't know how to impact it. And, and my mind went back to those Maurizio Pochettino quotes on him and Lavia from a few months ago. He said, they can be involved, but in which way, in which form, at what level? It's easy to say I want to play, but we're competing. This is a serious competition. After six months, like Nkunku, like Lavia, they need to understand, they need to be involved to train really, really hard every day. Um, Are we expecting too much from Nkunku, given the goal he scored at Liverpool and that kind of poacher's finish he got against Wolves, a way to just come in and and slot in straight away to a new league after a serious injury, or, or should he be working a bit harder? I'm sure he is working hard and we are expecting too much. He's played 317 minutes of Premier League football this season. In his first season, as you say, at, at this in this country, uh, adapting to a new league in a team that has been inconsistent as well. 
it's no mean feat to come onto a onto the pitch when he did on Saturday. And I mean, it, it would be almost remarkable if he if he picked up the tempo of the game immediately. Anyway, I mean, that's that's it's just not going to happen. I th- he he was almost there, I suspect, just to sort of a a few fresh legs, but just to give City something to think about a player that maybe they don't know very much about, haven't seen him much because nobody has in this country. Um, it, he's just going to need time. His season, I mean, the, the moment he went down with the knee injury in the States, his impact at Chelsea was pushed well into the future, just just like that. I mean, he, he, he we'd seen the flashes in pre-season, Liam had written about them and, and you know, th- th- there was a lot of promise there, but ruled out for that length of time and then coming back in, in the midst of a, of a campaign, having to pick up the tempo, having to to find match fitness and form and and get used to these new surroundings. That, that's a that's a big ask. Whether you're a fifty million pound player or a hundred million pound player, you're gonna struggle on that level, I would have thought. So I I'm sure he is working hard to to get this right, but I suspect that we won't see the best of Christopher and Kunku until next season after a, a full preseason. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so also coming off the bench with Trevor Chalaber, first appearance of the season for him. And Cesare Cassaday, which was an interesting one, just had a bit of physical presence in there, I think. We also saw 16-year-old Ollie Harrison and Ishe Samuel-Smith amongst the subs. Yes, Simon? Yeah, and just because you've made that point, it reminds me of something I wanted to say, uh, <laughs> which, which is I think we also saw the injury list. I know we've been blaming injuries since day one, but... Pochettino was kind of limited with the strength of his bench in what he could do. Yeah, I mean, Don makes a valid point about Nkunku's lack of minutes. That was Chalaba's first appearance of the season. <laughs> Good luck, you know, defending against a Man City side sort of absolutely foaming at the mouth, trying to to get an equaliser and win the game. And if you actually look at the equaliser, it's that classic kind of shot through the legs. Cassidy almost gets there and it goes through his legs and then it beautifully ricochets off. Chalaba's got very little time to react and only sticks a thigh on it and it it rebounds in the roof. I don't think any Chelsea fan can really moan about the result. Manchester City deserved a point from that. They had to rely on Haaland as I said earlier, sort of doing good impression of a Chelsea striker, actually. I think the header, the header in the second half was the one that left me most open mouth because there was no one anywhere near him. Not like the, in the first half, his header, at least Colwell would sort of just jumped at him and, and sort of did something to put him off. There was no, Cole was nowhere near him for that header. And he didn't just miss it. He missed it by quite a margin, given how close he was to the goal. So... I understand the disappointment. It was a chance for for Chelsea to win against City for the first time since the Champions League final. But I just think, take all the positives from that performance. And uh, yeah, I think there are a lot to take away from it. Yeah, there surely is. Two good results away from home, back-to-back in the Premier League. Yeah, excellent response to conceding four against Liverpool and Wolves. So it's been a topsy-turvy time. Checks table. Ah, yeah, still 10th. was ever thus all right we're going to have a big show building up to the carabao cup final on thursday next today though we'll look at what happened with the women's team looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Oh, close down, and Robs. It's Shaw, she's in! It's 1-0 to Manchester City! Another goal for Bunny Shaw! Who suffered disappointment on Friday night. They saw their 22-match unbeaten home record in the WSL ended by Manchester City at Kings Meadow. Bunny Shaw's first half goal settled it on a night where Chelsea struggled to create clear-cut chances. It means the teams are level on points and goal difference at the top of the league with Chelsea ahead by virtue of goals scored. City, the first team since Brighton three years ago this month to win a league game at Kings Meadow. Uh, Simon, you and I discussed uh, on a recent pod about, hey, maybe Chelsea don't miss Sam Kerr at all. Uh, I watched this game and it quite quickly resorted to just lumping long balls up toward Ramirez. He didn't win very many of them. Lauren James was totally nullified and City got one of the best defences in the league. So this was this was kind of worrying that this has happened in successive games now where they really struggled to break down Crystal Palace, managed to do that. But didn't create much in this game could have had a penalty but there's definitely work for Emma Hayes to do yeah I mean these games do happen as well I think the fact that City scored it's one of those team scores first suddenly it it becomes a lot tougher doesn't it whatever game it's between you know but particularly title favourites it it's difficult but Chelsea having to adapt to a new new player I I think there, there should be some recognition of that that they have to figure out how Ramirez and she doesn't speak English, so it's a difficult adaptation for her too. Neither do I, Matt, really. So uh, <laughs> um, I rely on the patience shown by everybody on this pod. But, but yeah, so there is an element of getting to know someone. And in, inevitably, I think there's going to be... An, you're going to miss Sam Kerr. I think I think we all always knew that. Obviously, the hope hope was that Ramirez would would come in and, and sort of pick up instantly... But it, it's still a tough ask. And Man City are a really good side. And what it does do, Emma Hayes, I know, sort of gathered the players into a huddle as soon as the final whistle went, pretty much. I don't think Chelsea were under any illusions that this this would be a walk in the park anyway, even if Sam Kerr was fit. It's going to be another exciting title race. And it's a real challenge for Emma to go out on a high. Uh, I think that that's pretty much... Um, the message that Man City have, have sent. It's very good for the WSL. Uh, you know, if you if you take your Chelsea hat off, their domination of the WSL needs to be threatened on a regular basis. And um, yeah, I don't know whether I should say it, but another team winning the WSL is what the competition needs. But I'm sure Emma doesn't want it to happen this season. We'll naturally concentrate on Sam Kerr, particularly when... You know, Ramirez looks slightly off the pace. 
coming in and joining a team mid-season. But there's been disruption up and down this side spine. So, I mean, the, the, Millie Bright is being badly missed, I'd, I'd argue, as well. Um, Hannah Hampton's adapting to life in goal as well. And I think it just feels as if the collective isn't quite clicking in the way it should. And it'll be in games like, like this against fellow contenders where you need things to be working in sync. You need things to be to be moving in the right direction. Um, and any bit of disruption just nullifies the whole the whole machine and a city ruthlessly exploited that. Although I have to say the last 10, 15 minutes was an absolute barrage on the on the city goal and quite how their teenage goalkeeper kept Chelsea at bay is uh, is another story. I think I saw soon after the game had finished sort of discussions, you know, whether it was the TV coming from the TV coverage or the pundits, etc., suggesting that Man City are the favourites now, which I must admit, that took me by surprise. I think the favourites have always got to be the team that's that's been there and done it. Yes, Manchester City will be buoyed. You'd have to be. and that, That's a really significant result and a significant blow to Chelsea. But, you know, these Chelsea players have been there and done it. They've got the coach that's been there and done it. I think it's a bit premature to be installing Man City's title favourites, that's for sure. Yeah, well, Chelsea have only taken one point in the uh, the head-to-head from them this season. Remember, City finished the reverse fixture with nine players. They'll do it again in the League Cup semi-final in Manchester on the 7th of March. Next game is not until the 3rd of March, which is away at Leicester. Another one to circle in your diary is Friday the 15th of March, Arsenal coming to Stamford Bridge. They pulled themselves back into the title race too. Plenty more on the women's team up on the Athletic. Our friend Jesse Park Humphreys has got a big piece up on the game. Athletic.com slash Chelsea pod, the place to go to sign up to read it if you aren't currently a subscriber. Uh, elsewhere in Chelsea news, the under-18s continue their terrific form by beating Spurs 4-1 in the league away from home on Saturday. Frankie Runham, Reese Russell-Denny, Tyreek George and Josh Achapong got the goals. Uh, the under-21s were knocked out of the Premier League International Cup by PSV in the quarterfinal at Stamford Bridge last Thursday. Ronnie Stutter's brilliant goal had put the Blues ahead, but PSV equalised soon after, and then they won it via a very dodgy penalty. Uh, the under-21s are in action in about an hour from now. As we record, they go to Leeds. We'll let you know how they got on on Thursday's show. Uh, Dom, you're one of the big bosses at The Athletic these days, so you're all over the content on the site. Tell us uh, what people should be drawn towards today. Well, I've had the pleasure this morning already to to read a, a piece by James Horncastle on Victor Ossiman, which might interest uh, Chelsea supporters, given the links to to him for next season. Um, he's had a, a, a stop-start and a very difficult season at Napoli, which is maybe indicative of, of Napoli's rather slipshod title defence. So I'd, I'd recommend people read that although I am very much looking forward to to reading what Simon is hopefully about to file to me on another Chelsea fringe player he can tell you all about that though okay I just want to say thanks for using the word slipshod because uh, I haven't heard it for a long time and I like it uh which player <laughs> are we are we looking at specifically here Simon I almost feel slipshod applies to me uh <laughs> <laughs> so um the legend that is Malang Sal. Uh, loads of people have been asking us about this, so I'm glad we're finally going to be able to provide some answers. Yeah, so um, I, I've been investigating. I've been putting my, getting my uh, Sherlock Holmes hit out of my wardrobe, and uh, I've been 
trying to find out what on earth is going on with him. And um, I'm delighted to say I, I might be able to just explain the whole situation. And you can imagine there's, as you can imagine, there are two sides to this story. But um, I think uh, look, inevitably people are going to read it, which we hope we're putting it out on Tuesday. Inevitably people are going to read it going, oh, you know, they're going to be very much anti-Malang Sar, but um, I, I think you should sort of read it with a little bit of um, empathy for his situation. All right, I'm looking forward to reading that. Uh, last time he played was on the 12th of March, so it's almost a year since he's kicked a ball in a competitive game. Athletic.com slash Chelsea pod, the place to go to sign up to read. If you fancy leaving us a nice review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods, that would be appreciated too. Helps other Chelsea fans find the show you can find us on x formerly known as twitter at so cobham pod we shall be back on thursday building up to the carabao cup final really looking forward to that until then thanks to simon to dom and to lucy and to you for joining us as well catch up with you later in the week bye for now the athletic